Hey, welcome to the Health Coaches Podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Howard Jacobson. Before we get to today's episode, a question. Would you like to become a wicked effective health coach to help people change their behaviors, change their habits, change their health destinies, and to be able to do it through a reliable process, one that works every time? If so, I'd invite you to check out the WellStart Health Coach Training Academy. And you can find it at wellstartcoach.com. And you can check and see when we're running our next training course. All right, let's get to today's topic. Hey, everybody, welcome to the Health Coaches Podcast. This is one of your co-hosts, Howard, with a sheepish warning and apology, which is that during this interview, I didn't realize that my mic had crapped out and the audio coming from me kind of sucks. It's definitely listenable. You don't really miss anything. But you know, if you don't like like heavy breathing in your ear, it might get annoying. It gets better as the uh, episode continues. And as you can hear from this replacement microphone, I have solved the problem. So hopefully you won't be hearing it in the future. Anyway, I just wanted to apologize. Also let you know, I think this is some of our our best conversations. So I, I hope you plow through. And I hope that you consider that this will be worth the time and effort. So uh, let's on with the show. Welcome to the Health Coaches Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Kevin Davis. And I am not Kevin Davis, but I'm one of your hosts, Howard Jacobson. So, Kevin? Oh, just having, you know, having a good time. Watching all the all the excitement going on around here in yep. Atlanta. So. Yeah, Atlanta. Yeah, well, no, nothing ever happens in North Carolina, so... Uh... Well, it's uh, we're we're all over the news these days, so it's, it's, it's a good day when North Carolina is not in the news. Yeah, yeah. usually not the good news for anything good. <laughs> yeah, but on another note, we get to be here and talk about this and uh, do something you know outside of the the craziness that's going on in Atlanta. Yeah, let's do it. So uh, we are. Uh, we're going to talk today about. Uh, I think we want to talk about what you can do to help connect action to a current or existing identity. Yeah, yeah. And so, um, you know, we, last week we talked about the uh, the WAM model, and we generally work from the bottom up. Like whatever is at the bottom, the, the lowest stumbling block, the lowest thing that's missing is the thing we typically address. Is that if someone's completely unmotivated, then why are we trying to give them strategies if they're not going to do it anyway? Or if someone has zero self-efficacy, why are we trying to work on their skills if they're convinced that it's never going to succeed? Right. And so we kind of work our way up at the very, very tippy top, and because you know our graphic is a pyramid, it seems very small. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we could, we could, we didn't need to do a pyramid. We could have done, you know, a, a chicken like a tower, tower, <laughs> or a light bulb, right? It could have been really, really big, but but we chose a pyramid, and so identity at the very top kind of feels like you know the maraschino cherry on top of the black German forest. It's like a, sort of an extra nice to have. And so when people are struggling to adopt new habits, 
you know, we want to, we, we understand that in order to have the identity. So Kevin, when you went from what, 300 pounds to being an athlete again, you had been an athlete before, right? You'd been you'd been a trainer. You had an identity already as an athlete, right? So if we're just looking at you the same way I look at someone who's never eaten healthy in their life, and now for the first time they're going to start adding more veggies to their plate, they don't have any sense of that. Then for that person, we want to build a set of habits and the way James Clear talks about it, Tom Cat, sort of every time you do it is a little book for yourself. Mm-hmm. And it ends up coalescing ultimately, if they do it well and you you help them through all the follow-through issues, into an identity. So take Josh Lajani, who was four hundred and twenty pounds, ate like crap, drank like a fish, just you know, watched football, good time boy, and over years he morphed his identity into that of an ultra runner, into a serious athlete, into an advocate for, for health and all the other things. And we understand you build that bit by bit. If you start, if you tell someone, okay, now, you know, you 420 pound person, you're an athlete. There's too much of a disconnect. But you, Kevin, you already had an identity that wasn't necessarily in play or enforced at that moment, but it's still, it's like front wheel drive. It can pull you very, very powerfully and directly in the direction you want to go. And I'm wondering if that sounds right to you, because I'm, I'm presuming a bit. Yeah, I mean, it, it does. There's, it kind of plays both ways a little bit, though, because the, the place that you've got to be a little bit careful is trying to assume that everything you, you knew or believed about yourself previously is still true. And so, you know, when we talk about this athlete identity, especially, which is, which is a lot of what we're going to work with, with people who are trying to get, regain health and lose weight and these types of things, um, you know, the initial or the, the previous knowledge was, Hey, you know, I was in great shape. I was able to run X number of miles or at X speed. I could bench press, you know, this many pounds. I could, whatever those physical feats are that you were doing before, and so there was this uh, sort of temptation to jump in and, and start where you stopped mm-hmm. um, on one end. And then, and then the other kind of sort of negative temptation that I saw was to judge myself based on like the height or the peak or whatever that I, of where I had been previously. Beautiful. But once you learn not to kind of focus on those things, then it's like, oh, okay, well, I know what I can do now armed with this knowledge of, Hey, I can eat, you know, this healthier lifestyle. Like you said, you know, we talk about some people who have never done that before, but now as you're gaining more knowledge and you already have done things, then it's sort of like when we, when we coach someone and, and try to teach them, you know, give them these little wins, right? If we say just walk to the mailbox, like we talked about the other day, um, that's a little win. And so we're building that self-efficacy up for them. Well, as someone who's been a, a former athlete, you've already got those wins in the back of your mind. And so if you can just tie that knowledge of, hey, I can do this to what you're doing now, it, it does make it a little bit easier to, um, you know, to c- kind of to assume that 
some of the sort of loftier goals and, and expectations are attainable? And that's a great point for coaches, that when we're working with someone who used to be and wants to be again, we want to be real careful about making sure they're focusing on process and mindset, not details. So that you understand what it takes and you have the drive and commitment. Because identity is a commitment to following through on things. It's not a casual thing. It's a standard to which you hold yourself. And it's, uh, it's how you understand yourself to be a worthy, good person is your relationship to that standard. Right? Yeah. So that's what we want to make sure we are connecting rather than, oh, you, you, know, you used to lift uh, 225 you know, deadlift, Don't go do it now. So that's, that's really useful for coaches to understand that when we talk about our identity, our clients are going to default to, um, to details that may get them into trouble. Right. And I know that was the case for me. I mean, I, you know, it, it was kind of a struggle. I mean, to be honest, it's still a little bit of a struggle of, of you know, like, oh, I, I used to have whatever sized arms or, you know what I mean? Like those types of details of like, trying to be something that you were when you were 23 or, or, or whatever that previous athletic identity that you had um, rather than the, the real goal to me of the focus now is to have that identity and to do um, you know, kind of, I, I like the idea of saying, okay, I want to be this athlete. I want to be this runner. I want to be able to run whether it's half marathons or marathons or ultras or whatever it is and do the things that a marathon runner does. And if you place that identity, then it's just much easier. You know, if it's focused on like, like you said, the process part, doing the things that that athlete would do. Now, there are also, there's other ways to connect people to their identity, to these identities, even if they haven't been that thing before. So what, one of them is to look and talk to them about what they're good at and proud of in other domains of their lives. So if someone has, people typically have identities around their work as their, I mean, what are some, you know, what are some things that people want to be thought of in their work environment? Well, you mean a hardworking, someone who gets things done, someone who, um, you know, you know, not only get things done, wow, gets things done, <laughs> but does a good job, who, you know, who produces things that are good or who accomplishes things that are, that are well done. Uh, and not making excuses. Yeah. And put it, you know, putting in extra effort and overcoming obstacles. Right. Right. I don't know anyone who has held down a job who doesn't take some pride in that. Mm-hmm. And, and yet when it come, when you hear people talking about, Oh, I didn't go for my walk. Yeah. I didn't, uh, I ate after 10. And I said, I wasn't going to do that anymore. There's no trace of that identity of which they are so proud and to which they are so committed. So with questioning, we can as coaches start to just likely help people see that they're holding themselves to a, to a really hypocritical double standard. So, you know, so someone will tell me this story of, well, I failed totally. I didn't care. I wasn't good at it. I was too, I was too, I I didn't want to. 
or I was too tempted by the other thing. And so then I'll just simply go into, so tell, you know, tell me, what, what do you do for a living? I'll say so, this is, okay. Um, and sometimes I'll just go very broad, like, so are there ever days where you don't feel like going to work? And almost everyone says yes. So on those days you stay home, right? And at that point, they usually, like, they see what I'm doing. And so it's a, it's a lesson that I'm teaching Socratically. Right, to help them see that they already know how to do things they don't feel like doing. Right? And that they can apply all these characteristics that they value so highly to this new domain. Well, and I, I think there's a lot of different domains that it could be. I mean, you know, we, we are, give a couple of specific examples, you know, their, their work identity, their athletic identity, things like that. But honestly, you know, if you don't know what that is or if that doesn't connect with them, you can very easily just kind of do some more questioning and dig and find what is something that they identify with and really care to do a good job is, you know, maybe it's parent being a parent, maybe it's uh, being a good spouse or partner. Um, you know, maybe it's their, their garden or, you know, whatever it is that they identify with, they're putting some effort into that and they want to do a good job and accomplish the goals that they set out for in that area. Um, and we can tie it into any of those things. Yeah, I, mean, I, I had a, a session like that that I actually recorded and published with the person's permission on my podcast. I don't know if you remember this, with Ian Lawton. Um, he, um, he has his own podcast. He took, up, took mm. my, one of my offers for a free coaching session and he recorded it for his people. And the, the issue was basically um, he'd been very obese and he started running marathons and really got into it. And the more he ran the worse his diet then became, right? He'd gone completely plant-based and then it was like, oh, I'm running so much so I can, you know, eat this crap and that crap. And it was starting to catch up to him. Yeah. And so the conversation, uh, and we did it via Zoom so I could see, you know, him and his background, which turned out to be very, very helpful. And he had like, you know, musical stuff. So I asked him, um, you know, who he liked, who, what music he likes. And he started rhapsodizing about Prince, about how much he loves Prince and, you know, Prince's catalog and his work ethic and all this stuff. Like he, so I practically, he turned his camera, I practically have a shrine to Prince here. <laughs> so, so tell me what are the qualities of, about Prince that you most admire? He said, like, he worked so effing hard. And he, you know, was so um, uncompromising about his his standards like so great so what if instead of me what if prince were your coach hmm. he goes oh wow like i totally took myself out of the picture and connected him to his idol <laughs> uh, and so that's you know that's a great example of of an aspirational identity yeah it's some someone you look up to you won't you don't want to disappoint and of yeah. course that you know everyone's worried about accountability but to have accountability to someone in your mind is the best kind right well yeah because howard is not always there on the phone coaching this person you know but the you know whoever's in your mind your mind is usually there yeah yeah and that's why we have you know that's why we have heroes and yeah inspire um the other the other thing i want to say about um 
working with identity is very often we're working with, with older people. And we are always working with people who are getting older. Right? I have not had a single Benjamin Button as a client. Yeah, they, they're very few and far between. Yeah, yeah. Now, people can feel younger, right? It's very common to, to feel like, you know, oh, I'm, I'm 20, I feel 20 years younger than I did five years ago because of all the things that I did. But at some sure. point, we are going to reach the limits of our physical improvement. And so for people who are, and, and so especially people who are in their 50s and 60s and beyond, who, who want to be healthy, they, if they assume the identity that our civilization gives them, that, that the success is being young and strong and beautiful, and as you age, you're going to get, we're going to throw you away. Your body, you know, they, the story of humanity is, you know, of your life is you are going to fail the systems are going to break down. You're going to start pissing and shitting yourself. You're going to start drooling and you're going to forget people's names. You're going to forget where you live. You're going to fall down and break bones and you're going to die. Like it's not a happy ending. And one of, one of the things that I accidentally did for myself this week is I got back on a CPAP machine, which is for the, the machine that blows air up your face for, for sleep apnea, which I've had diagnosed for seven years and which I was totally ignoring because I didn't like the machine. And I was scared into taking it seriously and dusting off the CPAP and doing it because I'm working with um, the uh, shares eyes who, who work on dementia and Alzheimer's. And they were just saying the danger, you know, the, the risks of untreated apnea for developing dementia is far greater than anything I could do around food or exercise. Like it's just huge. Really? And so, and so what I realized, like, what I, like my identity was like, I have, I have made a shit ton of mistakes in my life. I have done a ton of stupid things. I have earned wisdom through many hardships, many difficulties, many, you know, instances of poor judgment. And like, it's starting to become worth something. And so for me to develop dementia and not be able to turn that into wisdom, I, I kind of, so I went from um, thinking of myself as getting older to thinking of myself as aspirationally, I want to be wiser. I want to be yeah. an elder. And I don't want to forget everything just when I'm starting to figure things out. And so, <laughs> just when you've got something useful to remember. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so I just felt like, you know, I just don't, I don't want to just age. I want to become a sage. And if I want to be a sage, then this machine is part of it. And it helped, it helped, it honestly helped me because one of the things that I hated about the machine was that it made me look weak and dependent. Like I, I don't take any pharmaceutical drugs. Um, I feel like I'm independent and strong and I can stand on my own two feet and I don't need outside things to help me be physically okay. And here was a thing in my house that made me feel like an invalid. And so I had to, I had to like, wrestle with that identity of aging, of growing weaker, in order to be okay with ex adopting this new protocol. Well, so that's kind of interesting that you bring up that part of it because, uh, you know, we talk about this idea of connecting our clients with the identity that they want to have or the identity that, that will help them and that we can strive them toward. 
Um, but in the case of, and it was really, you know, to some degree you coaching yourself, right? It was, here's this identity that I hold around this thing. And now I need to let go of that identity and move to a different identity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a very, it was a very limiting one. And, you know, like it was an identity of vanity. Yeah. Which has helped me. In the, like I've used it to get myself moving to lose weight. And so, we, you know, we can also hold these identities um, like masks or costumes that we wear. Until we don't need them anymore. So that anything sure. you put on, any identity you adopt is going to be limited and temporary. So understand that when you, when you adopt one, you know, whatever it is, be that you, you can become willing to let go of it. Because at some point, I am going to die. And, and the identity of me is going to go away. I don't know what comes next. But if I'm unwilling to let go of that identity and step into the next thing, then I'm, then I'm stuck in life. Right? I'm, I'm not going to be... Then you're going to haunt the rest of us. <laughs> I'll, work, I'll work on my lighting, see if I can become any paler than I already am. <laughs> Avoid light. So, so for, for coaches, what, what do you have for sort of um, ideas or techniques or guidelines to help them uh, assess whether identity is a useful tool at this, this moment of the coaching relationship and how to begin to uh, use it and, and energize it? You know, I think it's, it's kind of a tough one because I think, I think to some degree that it's a case-by-case sort of basis. Um, and you know, and that's exactly what you were just talking about the identity that involves some of that vanity or like what I talked about the identity of my previous more athletic self in the early stages of losing that hundred pounds and getting back to the health that I have now, it was a very valuable identity to hang on to. Um, and I almost think that really what you need to do is kind of try to find, um, you know, based on what the identity is, find where the, where the limitations are and help them to see those. I mean, as you know, we talk about being coaches and helping to look for blind spots for people. And one of the blind spots can be whether or not that identity is serving you or, or, you know, doing the opposite and kind of, kind of harming you or holding you back at that point. Yeah. And then when people get a sense that, okay, I have this identity that I am identified with, hence the word identity, and I don't like it anymore, or it's not helping me, there can be a great deal of resistance. That can, that can generate a lot of turmoil. So I think one of the things we then have to do is teach people to, be, to accept that this yeah. is an energy. Right? It's like a rubber band that wants to pull them back. The more they struggle against it and resent it, the more influence it's going to have. So to, you know, to be able to break free from it, through a, you know, a more gentle approach of awareness and curiosity and exploration rather than, oh my God, this is who I am and I hate it. Yeah. Well, you know, something that comes to mind to me that, that uh, we've used in coaching, um, it's something that we share, oh, I forget how long it probably, it was probably uh, several months into the cro- coaching program, the timeline of, what we teach within the WellStart uh, platform. 
is the idea of a loyal soldier. And so we're treating these identities that no longer serve us as this soldier who has gone and served us and fought battles for us, whatever that may be for all this time. And now that service is not something that we need any longer. And so to have the client sit down and actually kind of write a letter like, Hey, thanks. You know, thank you to the soldier for, to this identity for all of the great things and all the help that you've done for me. Your service is no longer needed. Now you can kind of retire and drop off to the background. Yeah, that's beautiful. And, and you've, you experienced that in a very particular way around your trauma. Yeah. Right? Where, where you had a, a car accident that you couldn't get out of and the engine block burst into flames. And you, your body went through an experience in that moment that kept you alive. Yeah. And as soon as you were out of the car, that response was no longer adaptive gotten your way and but to get rid of it you, you you've told me that you had to appreciate that it was the, it, it saved your life mm-hmm. and to to appreciate it and thank it before you could then say okay and i don't need you anymore yeah and and, and then you know when it comes into, into like a trauma situation like that um i know you and i howard have kind of talked about this before but you know it's kind of a situation where you get, you get stuck in that and you hold on to that identity, whether you even know that it's an identity or not, um, rather than integrating that as something that came in and was a part of your life, was a part of your story, and now can, can move on, it just stays there. And that's where, you know, for myself, for years, um, I had panic attacks. I had unnecessary anxiety. I was you know, just any little thing could, you know, send me over the edge type, type feeling. Um, and it is just when, when something is no longer serving you and you can learn to recognize it, acknowledge it and, and accept the, the release or the changing or the uh, removal of that particular identity, um, man, it makes such a difference. And one of the best antidotes to an outgrown identity is a new aspirational one. Yeah. So we just want to spend less time fighting the old one and more time crafting and developing a relationship with, with the new one. Sure. Yeah, and I, and I, you know, and again, using myself as as this example for these identities here today, um, I really made kind of those final big strides with my anxiety and PTSD when I took on this new identity as someone who, rather than my goals, uh, at the time, I don't even know what they were, but you know, um, someone whose goals were more process driven to be able to be a runner, to be a hiker, to be able to go out and just do whatever activities I might want to with my body and to be a healthy person in that identity. Um, that's when it really changed. I took on that better identity and uh, those last vestiges of panic attacks and things just sort of dropped away without me even really acknowledging that that was what was happening. Yeah. Yeah. Josh Lejeune likes to talk about uh, learn one, one, teach one. And, you know, you also became a teacher. Like, so you, so you really transmuted your identity to someone who has struggled and overcome 
and has has a gift for others. And I think we can we can, we can encourage our clients to begin to move into you know whatever they have succeeded with, share it, write about it, blog about it, post it, teach it, inspire others. Um, that you know for those of us who become coaches, like mo we're all screwed up. And to the extent that we figured something out, we then turn around and coach. And like the thing that we coach on is usually the thing that we can maintain unscrewed up in this about because, yeah. because now we have a replacement identity of, oh, I'm helpful about this. Right. Um, you know, and something that I would throw in there, you kind of mentioned the idea of becoming a teacher, uh, you know, as we teach our clients or, or um, encourage our clients our clients with that type of an identity, it may not necessarily be to, to go and coach just like we do or to, to directly teach it. Like you said, they may blog about it. It may just be simply sharing their experiences. Um, it could be the idea of, of sort of either finding or starting like a community group, you know, maybe a, a potluck once a month with, um, you know, some, some healthy plant-based foods or a, you know, if they're in a town that doesn't have a running club, they gather five friends and start a running club or whatever that is and just share that identity with other people around them. That's all I got. Yeah. I think that was good. Oh, thank you. I think, I think you're good to. Uh, <laughs> anything we want to say to all the good watchers and listeners about uh, how to stay in touch or anything they can do for us? Yeah, I mean, so uh, we are now kind of into a little more of a, a, a regular routine, I think, with the podcast. So we've we've launched. We're on iTunes. We're on Stitcher. We're on we're on Spotify now, and you know, a lot of the major platforms where you're going to be able to find podcasts. Uh, we would really appreciate it if you would do anything, you know, any of those uh, places that you like to listen. If you would subscribe, if you would review. Um, if you have any questions or things that you'd like us to talk about, that's, that's probably the biggest thing that is incredibly helpful for us is to give us that feedback. Like say, Hey, this is the topic that I want to hear a little bit more about or, or, or learn a little bit more about so that we can tailor this to what is going to help the most coaches out there and the most people out there. Do we have a Twitter account for the podcast. We don't. We don't. Well, we I, I have, do, you, do you have your own? You're probably um, Kevin's plants, right? Are you on Twitter? I don't really use, I've never really used Twitter. I don't, I'm the 140 character thing. Um, I don't know yeah. if I've ever said anything that was less than 140 characters. Well, it's, now two, it's now 280. So, uh, oh, is it? Oh. So, but I, I twit. Uh, so you can find me at Ask Howie if you have any thoughts or questions and maybe we'll get, we'll get a Twitter account up for the podcast and we can get some conversation going that way. Yeah, I'll go ahead and do that. I'll, I'll, I'm assuming probably that at Health Coaches Podcast is, is going to be available. That's We have healthcoachespodcast at gmail.com is the email that we use. Uh, we are on Facebook. We've got the group. So if you wanted to join us over there, um, if you just head over to healthcoachespodcast.com, we've got uh, you know all the details and the, and the episodes are available. You can link right through there. And um, yeah, yeah, we, re we really want to spread, you know, effective coaching so if any of this yeah. is helpful for you um, you know use it teach others let people know about it if you have questions complaints challenges let us know because um, I have been known to change my mind that's true when presented with uh, convincing evidence so um, if you think I'm misinforming people yeah. you know don't be shy yeah that's uh, it just make me think about nutrition when you talk about changing your mind with 
compelling evidence. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I know. I used to do um, like low carb, paleo ish looking all sorts of crazy stuff back in the day. So. <laughs> All right, man. I think that's it for today. All right. Well, thank you so much, Howie, for for talking with me. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, Do all those things that we said earlier, and and, uh, we look forward to talking to you again soon. All right. I hope you found that helpful. So if you'd like to become a health coach, or maybe you already are a health coach and you'd like some additional training and more skills, or perhaps you're a health professional, a doctor, nurse, dietitian, etc., who would like to be able to influence your patients more effectively, again, check it out, wellstartcoach.com. All right, have a great day.